What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I am your host, Matthew Anderson. Um, got a great episode prepared for you all. Got my guy Sterling Harris, one of the analysts for that's been on doing this for so long. Sterling, what's going on with you? It's going to be some Skip Bayless level hate in this episode. I'm going to tell you all right now. It's going to be coming. It's going to be on the way. Prepare <laughs> yourself, and I will be. I am kind of on the other side of what Sterling has to say. So we'll see how this goes. Consider this your second <laughs> version of Undisputed. Uh, but without further ado, <laughs> don't consider ado, don't consider that. But hey, so. <laughs> Without further ado, welcome to my sports house. Open up the champagne, pop. It's my house, come on, turn it up. Uh. Hear a knock on the door and the night begins. Cause we've done this before, so you come on in. Make yourself at my home, tell me where you been. Yourself something cold, baby. Cheers to this. Sometimes you gotta stay in, and you know where I live. Yeah, you know what we is. Sometimes you gotta stay in. All right, Sterling. So, as we know, the NFC and the AFC championship games were this past weekend. We're gonna do this thing in chronological order, so we're gonna start with the AFC championship game. Cincinnati Bengals beating the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime. I, when I watched the first half of this game, all the way to whenever they didn't get the end zone going into the half, I'm like, Kansas City, got this is going to be easy. I finally downloaded the dog on FanDuel app. I put, I'll put my money on Kansas City. I thought this was like a secured win. And then when I saw that uh, Patrick Mahomes wasn't actually able to lead them into the end zone, to which I thought would have sealed the game at the half, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And then what happened in the second half? Uh, he lost his mind. <laughs> Explain. He thought he thought he was Russell Wilson and was, was trying to do entirely too much. Um, all the passes that he was delivering in the first half were still there in terms of if he would have just gave Kelsey, let's say, 15 to 20 targets, they win the game. Like everything that was available to him was still there. And, you know, since he – since he's D coordinator, I can't remember his name, but you got to give him a lot of props because he's getting a whole lot out of that secondary group. I don't think anybody expected him to get out of those guys, um, a group that includes Eli Apple. Um, so he he's doing a great job, but it's just, I think Mahomes really just, he got back to, he did what he did earlier in the season, yeah. which is instead of taking the, the throws that are available to him, he got greedy and he wanted to stay greedy. And once he gave Cincinnati that momentum, um, you couldn't tell those boys nothing different. And they knew, and since he knew that their offense was going to come at some point in time, it's because it's just the nature of the beast of football. If you don't score points and your team get, and one side ball gets tired, they're going to give up some stuff. And that's what happened. And KC's defense eventually started to give up big plays to, uh, to Cincinnati. You got people like Chris Jones, you know, missing tackles on a, you know, on a quarterback like Joe Burrow, stuff you thought you'd never see. But that's what happens when you're on the field all the time. And, um, Casey got ended up with a lot of a lot of quick possessions, uh, quick three and outs to start the second half. Um, couldn't sustain drives and uh, and and give the Bengals pass rush a lot of credit because they really got in the pack. But he he relapsed in a way. He went back to what um, was one of those things that was an issue early in the season. He stopped anticipating throws um, that were going to be there because of what he saw, and he started looking for the big ones that he wanted to take down the field. And that's when the costing them the game and just bad decision making in general. So you know, a lot of times you watch you watch Joe Burrow scramble, and then it's like after a while he's going to go get some yards. 
Patrick, <laughs> sometimes you see he scrambles, he scrambles, and he just kind of runs. You saw him do a lot of like twisting and stuff. And it's like, and sometimes these plays end up losing like 10 to 15 yards. At some point, <laughs> it's like, are we going to throw this ball away? Are we going to run downfield? But I get what he's trying to do. He's saying, okay, somebody's eventually going to get open. You have all those great weapons. And we saw them get open in the first half. But in that second half, it's like some of those sacks really cost them a lot of yardage. And so for it ended up being maybe like a fourth and like, let me be like a fourth and like six. It's like fourth and 21. Why do you think he does that so much? Uh, because I just think he, he, he just didn't trust for whatever reason. I don't know why he lost trust and what got him to that point early in that game. Um, you can see it even midway through the third, Miko's like screaming, not screaming at Tyreek, but he's having a conversation with Tyreek. Like, dude, the shots, the plays I was making in the first half are still there in the second half. Like I'm still yeah. open. I don't know why he's not throwing me the football. <laughs> like that's what, what Miko seemed like he was saying to, um, uh, to Tyreek, but. Um, I think it's again, he just he didn't take the easy stuff. Even when he played Buffalo just last week. We saw a lot of my home scrambling for yards. Um, but another thing that happened in the second half, and I'm gonna credit Kyrell on this because he's the one that pointed this out to me, is that the, the Bengals just simply said we're gonna rush three and drop a spy. So when he's looking around, I think he's gonna get an outlet to let's say pick up the easy yards. There's a dude waiting there for him for when he leaks out of the pocket. And those three guys, um, Hendrickson. Uh, I can't think of the other, the other side, but those three guys were making him step in the pocket and having to, and having to step up to their spy guy and everything else is getting passed off and, and they're doubling Reek and Kelsey. And they're just telling Mike Hilton, you know, you can just beat your matchup with Byron Pringle. Uh, Eli, if you have me cold, just win, just keep them there, stalemate them. Then we're in good shape. And that's what happened. And instead of Mahomes, you know, I think, you know, recognizing what was going on, he just kept looking for the one time where the Bengals defense might break. But they didn't break the second half. They yeah. they stayed true to what they was doing, and they executed. And and the Chiefs and Mahomes didn't. They didn't execute uh, nowhere near. After after that blunder on the goal line, they didn't execute pretty much the rest of the game um, until he finally realized, oh, Travis Kelsey's been open this whole game and did it. You know, the last drive to get the field goal. <laughs> but um, outside of that, they, they didn't execute. And then the thing was, whenever they got the Chiefs got the ball heading overtime, you know, they, uh, well, the Bengals lost the coin toss. And I'm like, okay, we got it. Like, here we go, Chiefs, Chiefs to the house. And then he throws the interception. I'm like, oh, no. And But and then let's also, let's talk about Joe Burrow here, who went 23 for 38 for 250 yards and two touchdowns. On the ground, he had five rushes for 25 yards. It seemed like more than that. And I really also want to – so he had a great game. Like, like I said, a lot of times he was able to just go run and get that first down, which kept a lot of drives alive really in the second half. So stayed calm, cool, and collected, even though they were down big at the – well, only down 11 at the half, but it seemed like a little bit more because of how the momentum of the game had been going. And T. Higgins decided to show up, having six receptions, 103 yards, and that was major because it, it seemed to you like they were – trying to kind of eliminate Jamar kind of was awesome. Jamar's not going to be this. It's going to have to be somebody else. Or what, what were your thoughts? Um, I think in terms of the Chiefs, uh, well, for one, when they won the toss in overtime, I, I literally to my friend Josh and I said, he's going to throw an interception. <laughs> he said, you for real? I was like, yes, he's going to throw a pick. He hasn't played good the last five, six drives, he's bound to throw a pick. And he should have threw a pick the first play of the yes. drive to Eli Apple. Yes. He should have lost he actually he actually should have lost the game three times before he actually ended up losing the game. Like <laughs> he had the awful scramble where he had Kelsey open on on the bottom on the bottom um on the bottom of the end zone 
uh, if he just hits the backside, if he's the ear hole of the linebacker and right between that nickel, uh, they win the game off a of, off of Kelsey touchdown maybe right there. Yeah. Um, but he scrambled around, fumbled. They should have lost the game there if the Bengals recovered it. Uh, he threw the ball straight to Eli straight to Eli Apple, and he drops it, and then he eventually throws the pick uh, further than that. But on the flip side, uh, Cincinnati had a lot of really good drives, I think, in the first half, and they just missed some opportunities here and there. Um, and just kind of stayed true to what they did. And they knew they had the matchups eventually to, to win the game. And I think the thing with Jamar Chase was that uh, I think LeJarius Neat probably should have followed him around the whole game. Okay. When Jamar Chase was on generic, I think the, the adjustment the Bengals made wasn't necessarily, a, a, you know, um, or the Chiefs did was necessarily like, oh, dang, let's get Jamar out of the game. It was simply, and yes, they had some help over over top of him too with, with Tyree sometimes, but LeJarius Sneed just did a really good job being physical with him, was able to give him pitch in the first half. It's really when the Bengals just flipped him to the other side because I think the Chiefs kind of just do like a left-right cornerback deal right. and just put him on Fenton, who's just not as big as him. And, and then that's when he started to get some of his yards off. Um, and even the other way around, like uh, when you look at when since he was driving, I guess, if you're watching the TV to the right, um, T. Higgins on that left side, hit, getting slants, getting digs, um, kind of working that side of the field that's away from Tyran. But when you flip the two, when they got down to the goal line, they was like, we're going to go Jamar, you know, two plays in a row. He was matched up with a different guy, and he won his matchup. And then even then, since he was working in the screen game to help combat that pass rush that's so aggressive for KC, because you know you're going to have only a certain amount of time to get the ball off anyway because they're going to they're gonna blitz, they're going to send pressure and play close up and tight to the line of scrimmage. So they started hitting some of those screen passes. Um, Joe Mixon made – the necessary runs he needed to when it mattered in terms of getting enough yards to keep the drive alive, help the, uh, help the chains out a little bit um, in terms of like down and distance. But uh, it, was, it was really just, they stayed true to themselves and they was gonna keep getting the ball back because they could feel the momentum of their defense and how they started to play in that second half. So, um, and then eventually Joe Cool, Joe Shiesty, whatever you want to call him, just made plays. Like he, he escapes from Chris Jones on a, on a crucial third and seven to extend the drive. And uh, and get down the field, you know. what I'm saying he's catching Chris Jones, I think multiple times in this game, and, and just and he does it in such a way that's so textbook, like two hands on the football, there you go. The ball's not in jeopardy at all. He just feels the pressure, makes a move, and and gets the yards he needs to get or completes the pass he needs to get, and that's just kind of since he just stayed true to themselves, and that's what kept him in this game. That's what ended up winning the game. So and they just he just played a really good game. And did you see Joe? Uh, I always remember when you're playing Madden and you're running and somebody dives at you and you kind of high step. When I saw that, I said, oh, mama, there goes that man. That man, <laughs> Joe, is something serious. You see him coming in the game with the chain on. It's so funny how they did it on Twitter. They see him like that and be like, oh, y'all see Joe wearing that chain? Bengals by 60. It's hilarious. So major shout out to the Bengals for hey. getting that win. Go ahead. Yeah, shout out to the Bengals for for you know clearing us clearing us of the horrors of Brittany Matthews and Jackson Holmes. I, I'm I'm so happy for it's I'm so crazy. happy for them. It's crazy that Joe Burrow has went to LSU. They had an okay year his first year national championship. He goes to the NFL, decent year his first year. Then to head into the Super Bowl, I thought for sure it was like okay he's made it this far, but this is the end. But he advanced. He'll be playing the Super Bowl in two weeks. Uh, hey, but even even the podcast we had earlier, we, we was talking about uh, the Bengals, how close they were, and I was saying, man, you know, 
I like them a lot. I wouldn't have played them in the playoffs. I just think they're going to lose to a team that's just going to get after Joe Burrow really hard. Yeah. And unfortunately, that team is about to be a team we talk about next. So, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> this one. Yeah, I was about to say, we're going to go ahead and transition into the NFC Championship game where the Rams got the win over the 49ers with the final score of 20 to 17. Man, Jimmy G got such a spotlight on him. He might as well play for the Cowboys. It's like mostly he kind he of might be upgrade. I mean, I'm not too sure he's on upgrade from deck at this point. He gives you like when that whenever it's like, okay, whenever it's all comes down to they're gonna make up they're gonna mess up a big play. It gives you Tony Romo vibes. But also one thing that you see with uh Jimmy G's almost expected, you're gonna have Kittle or somebody running wide open down the middle of the field, he's gonna miss the throw. And it's just, it's just gonna happen a couple of times. And it's like this is why this is Jimmy G. But what did you think of the game <laughs> and the Rams? Uh, I thought that game went exactly the way it probably should have gone. Um, in terms of uh it was going to be very tough for either team to win the game. Like, you got to remember, these teams are divisional rivals. They literally construct their rosters to combat each other and give each other the most fits. Um, and that's just, kind of how, that's just how the game was going to, was going to transpire. But uh, it's, a, it's also a game of playmakers and plays. Okay. And there was a play that we all know in the fourth quarter. <laughs> um, Jacuisi Tart drops a pick. At about midfield, the score is seventeen to fourteen. Oh my god! He gets that pick. Maybe it deflates the 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 Rams and and it deflates the the unit that was there. And um, San Fran can maybe run the clock out, run the ball for about six five minutes. Debo maybe breaks one, gets another touchdown because he's just that special of a player. But he didn't make the play. Um, we all know that the Rams end up you know going down the field, get doing what they need to do to put themselves in position, and then. Um, they, you know, they come out. They come out of that game alive. And I think what we've seen with the Rams is that they're just finding a way to survive. This yeah, is yeah. a team that, as as you could say, bad. They've looked in two weeks. This is what makes them the most dangerous team that Cincinnati's played up to this point because they found a way to just persevere and survive and win games. And when it matters most, they're the guys with the best players on the field. They're the guys with Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Leonard Floyd, Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup, the list goes. Von At the end Miller. of the day, Von Miller, they're the, they're going to be the guys with those guys on their team when it matters, and that's just what's going to come. And that's just what happened yesterday. Same thing. Uh, Jimmy G cut it through, pick six to Jalen Ramsey. I mean, he yeah. <laughs> hit Jalen Ramsey and hit him in the face. So I guess you know that's one ball, that's one that's one play, and I guess it cancels out at that point. But at the end of the game, when uh. At the end of the game, when it's 2017, and we're like, all right, Jimmy, you got one drive to drive down the game. I mean, drive down the field, and Aaron Donald happens. You know, <laughs> it's bound to happen. You know, <laughs> Thanos happens. That's why it's just it's something that's going to happen, and you can't really stop it when it comes to the Rams. And Jimmy G did a Jimmy G thing. I understand you didn't want to take the sack, but, bro, you can't do that either. <laughs> yeah. Like I oh, said. Man. Is always is something, and it's like, yep, there it is. I'm really excited moving forward. I think Trey Lance is going to be a great quarterback for them for the future. He also mm-hmm. he also offers a little bit of a run threat as we move into like you know this dual threat NFL offense. But oh, I do Kyle finna get active. So <laughs> Kyle Kyle finna get active in the offseason with Trey. Oh my. <laughs> oh my it's going to be scary. I don't want I don't want to imagine what what he could do with all the Trey's tools. Past that, with the contract Debo finna get. They they always they always end up bringing in some random running back to play running back for them. I mean, it's gonna get scary. San Francisco is still very scary going forward. And Trey Lance is what we think he should be. So, 
I think that the, everybody was highlighting they only had 50 yards rushing for the day. And so it was really a game to where Jim, and, was, and then what is that? Four of those yards came from Jimmy. So that tells you what you need to know. So they, it was a game where they really needed to be able to depend on him to win it. And he's just not that quarterback. How about, but on the other end, how about Stafford having a great fourth quarter uh, doing what he does? I think he had over 100 yards throwing, uh, throwing football in the fourth quarter alone. Had to kind of bring them back because I think they were down 17-7 to heading into the fourth, and they end up scoring 13 to get the win. Stafford for the day goes 31 for 45, 337 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, How about Odell Beckham Jr. with the (laughs) 100-yard game? Explain to me this. Every single game we've known this season, I feel like Cooper Cubs had a 100-yard game every single game this season. They know that going into the game, how they still not (laughs) able to stop him. Like, you know Cooper Cup is a great player this year, probably one of the best players in the league, probably best receiver in the league by far this year. And so it's like, how are you not able to stop him? Is it because he has OBJ on the other side? I think it's because, like I said earlier in the year, when you talked about Cooper, he's just such a smart player. Like, if you watch the touchdown he caught in the back, on the back pylon, um, I think that was the first quarter, they have a dude right there. They're, they're ready for him to break on that ball. But the way Cooper stems the route, he has to respect the inside of it. Because Cooper does like to slip, like to slide inside and get to that little crease right between you and the other guy and catch those, those you know, those possession catches right there in that, in that little scene. And he, the way Cooper ran the route, he literally had to respect inside to the degree to where by the time Cooper finally broke the ball and the ball's out, you can't get to it. it you, he's just that, he's just a really, really good player. It's almost like the same thing with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is going to be open. The whole game. Yeah. He's doubling him, he's still going to be open because he's just a very smart and intelligent football player. And he understands, like, how do you, he understands the angles uh, and the defenses that he's going against and how to get to those little cracks. And as long as him and the quarterback's on the same page, whatever you do defensively does not matter at the end of the day. And then with OBJ, you know, kind of having not a coming out party, but he's doing what we expected him to do. Now, we didn't know it was going to be this degree, but, um, you know, the minute Robert Woods got hurt, we knew, okay, OBJ is about to become a, cruci- a more crucial part than we maybe expected in this offense. Um, is it because his ability is so great and you have to respect him? Like next week or, or two weeks, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> Eli Apple been talking a lot on Twitter. I don't even know who the other quarterback for Cincinnati is. But Cooper and OBJ, unless this becomes a game, you know, Tommy Bay reminds people he's the one that started this run, not the start the run game stuff, but the run game he used to have a couple of years ago, which was the identity of his offense. Uh, OBJ and, uh, and Cooper Cup might have, a, they might break a record. I, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna have matchups that favor them heavily the whole game. It's not going to matter. So, but yeah, it's just, I think it just comes down to Cooper's intelligence and him and Stafford's chemistry at the end of the day. It don't matter what you do. The ball's out at the time it needs to be out, and Cooper's running the route the way it needs to be ran. You can't stop it. You can only help to contain it. <laughs> I'm assuming I was about to say, ask you your prediction on Super Bowl way too early. Who do you have? Oh, Rams easy. This like I, I love Joe Burrow, and and I love you know the Bengals story and how they got here. You know, it's been two seasons, um, and you know it's been it's been a great run. It's been a really great run, but Los Angeles got to be the oldest, most hungry team I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, right. Aaron Donald has everything on his resume but a Super Bowl. Jalen Ramsey, there's a gap between him and other cornerbacks. He's by far the best cornerback in the league. He's missing a Super Bowl ring. Um, 
Leonard, I think Leonard Floyd's in that ballpark. Matthew Stafford's been waiting for this moment his whole career. For sure. Uh, he's been in Detroit. Um, his, you know, trying to not, you know, die. <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, he, he's been waiting for this his whole career. Um, Cam Akers is hungry because he just got back. He, he thought his season was over in, in last July and with his Achilles tear. And he's, he's out here running the football. He's hungry. Andrew Whitworth. Um, a lot of those guys that were on that on that Rams team that lost the Super Bowl a couple of years ago to the Patriots. And this is just a vet. This is a veteran team that also is not just a veteran team that's, you know, smart, savvy, all those things. This is a veteran team that has a massive amount of talent yeah. versus a very young Bengals team that I think is going to make a whole lot of mistakes in this game. I think this is going to be one of those games where the Bengals have X amount of penalties, um, miscues just for being young. It's going to be that type of game for them. And, uh, and of course, Joe Burrow, he got away from Chris Jones, but Chris Jones ain't on Aaron Donald. <laughs> He's not getting away from Aaron Donald. I'll, I'll, if he gets away from Aaron Donald, then my God. But uh, I, don't, I don't foresee that happening at all. Uh, Aaron Donald's going to have a day. If they triple him, double him, Von Miller will have a day. If they triple him, double Von Miller, Linda Floyd will have a day. It's not going to – one of them – one of them is going to have a day when it comes to the Bengals offensive line. And uh, – and uh, ah, his name's not Raheem Morris. I can't remember the, the D.C. for Los Angeles. But he's going to be mixing coverages. He, he's going to be ready for Burrow. He's going to be ready to actually stall um, Burrow's releases and his progression and his anticipation of making throws. Um, he's going to have something for him. So, it's – I'm picking the Rams. I think it'll be a good. I think it'll be an entertaining game, but I think you people will be able to tell easily, or at least midway through the second. Yeah, the Rams gonna win this game. <laughs> like it, you're gonna know who's gonna win that football game. And do you um, have Jamar uh, trailing Jalen? Uh, no, do you have Jalen trailing Jamar the whole game? Absolutely. Absolutely. That that will be, you know, one of those things where. You know, Burrow, Burrow loves Jamar, but he also understands. Now, I don't know if I want to, if I want to try Jalen a lot. Yeah, and that, could, and that could inadvertently take him out. And that could almost take him out the game. Um, Jamar, like Burrow's not dumb. <laughs> he knew he knew he had food out there in KC because KC's corners have never been, you know, a top notch, you know, guy. They they kind of plug and play, and and their corners understand the timing of, you know, how much time they should get with their blitzes to get to the quarterback and the amount of time the ball should be out. Jalen Ramsey is a different animal. <laughs> <laughs> so it's he probably throw Jamar the whole game. Um, I think he'll give Jamar fits because he's one of the he's one of the few guys in the league that can actually be as physical with him um at the line of scrimmage because Jamar is a big dude, but Jalen's gonna be one of the rare, those rare cornerbacks. He's gonna be the, the one cornerback, he's gonna be what he is, the best cornerback in the league. He can do everything, he can be physical with you at the line, he can run with you. Uh you know, he's great understanding angles, undercutting the football, anticipation, all that stuff. He's going to give Jamar a fit. It's Jamar, I don't expect Jamar to get, you know, a lot. He might get a touchdown, but I don't think he's going to be getting like 150 yards, something that he's been accustomed to doing pretty much all year. You know, he might score in the red zone from, you know, just getting, you know, propped open through, you know, whatever play it is, something like that. But I don't expect Jamar to, you know, have a crazy game. This will have to be a game where if, if, the, if the Bengals want a chance to win, T's going to have to have another great game, I feel like. For yeah. them to really be in that situation where they could they could win that type of game. So 
Yeah, so this one should be super interesting. I'll probably have another, although Sterling just basically gave y'all the preview of previews for this game. As a matter of fact, I might just cut, I really might just cut this part again. And <laughs> should be exciting to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Last thing I'm going to ask you about real quickly, Sterling, what are your thoughts on the Tom? Because everybody thought that Tom Brady had retired. Then it comes out the Tom Brady saying that he doesn't know he's still <laughs> thinking about it. Y'all definitely, everybody should go check out Tom versus Thomas on ESPN Plus. It's like how they did the Jordan documentary. They did the same thing with Tom Brady. Go check that out on ESPN. They put money in my pocket, so I'm always going to support them. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> they put food on the table, so we're going to roll with them regardless. But what do you think? Do we see Tom Brady next season, or is he done? I think. Man, this is tough. Because I really thought, I, I think he he really was about to retire. Yeah. I think he had it set in stone the way he ended his press conference about, you know, there comes life. Um, you have your family. Uh, you need to cherish these moments. I think all that is very true. And I think, Tom, at the end of the day, I personally believe he's still going to retire. He's going to wait a whole lot longer to announce it. Okay. Like, he's not going to be – he's probably going to announce his retirement, I'd say – if it was up to him, it would have been whenever he wanted to announce it initially before it got leaked, you know, the guys like Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington. But I would say this. I'm, I would not be surprised at all if he comes back for one more. If he if he stamps it as next year is the last ride. That, if he stamps it like that. If he stamps it next year is the last ride with the Bucks, um, you know, you get, you know, pay God when – because he was on a two-year deal anyway. So his, his contract's technically up. But let's say he says, all right, one-year deal sign Godwin back to whatever you need to sign him back to get him back here. We already have Mike Evans. There'll be Gronk's last ride. The defense, for the most part, is locked in. And Dom Kinsu is on a one-year deal anyway, so, like, they could maybe one-year him again and you say, this is it. I would not be surprised at all if Tom does that because, you got to remember, Tom Brady, for one, he's going to win the MVP this year. I think he should win the MVP this year. Um, and he'll be retiring going out with the – number one statistical uh quarterback rankings in the league this year like he he was number one in passing touchdowns yards police percent all that stuff <laughs> he'll be going out as the best quarterback in the league via statistics <laughs> so it's not like he doesn't have anything left in him and this is with a mismatch this is with a, a a wishy-washy uh receiving core you know that consisted of you know ab here and there uh godwin Edwards was hurt this is he did this with all of you know he was doing it with freaking what, what's that boy name I can't think of the guy's name. The He's fact that 10, you don't know his name says a lot. Because exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a lot A lot of players in the NFL got the number one, and I don't know who they are. I don't understand why they gave so many guys number one this year that aren't the best. <laughs> like, when did this start? <laughs> yeah. I don't know when yeah. this started, but, but yeah, like, this, that's the thing. Like, he could very well come back. And if he stamps it as the last ride next year, I would be upset with him. I say that might be why things got leaked as retirement, because he might have said, all right, I'm retiring. I'm making it known I'm going to retire at this season at the beginning of next season. <laughs> so he could say that too. And that could be where they could say, oh, that's a miss. The miss up came up. They thought it was time this year. Um, yeah, man. I, but I think he does probably retire, honestly. But I kind of low-key want to see him come back for one last ride. And he get the he get the the treatment like, you know, every time he's at it's an away game. Yeah, you know they do a little whatever video. I think he he's since he's the greatest of all time, you know, I kind of want to see a football player get that type of treatment on their last ride because he's the it'll be the first 
it'll be like the first one, the first time you see something like that in football. Like when Kobe did it, it was like, dang, like this is crazy. Like Kobe's going to all these arenas, they're saying thank you, Kobe. Like if football is different, it's so rigorous. Like, you know, the fans really don't care who you are. They if they hate you, they hate you. Yeah. But wouldn't it be a scene if um, you know, Tom Brady goes, let's say he has an away game and in New York, well, they already played the Jets away, so it wouldn't be. But let's say, let's say Tampa Bay has an away game in Buffalo next year, and there's they have a thank you, Tom Bannon. Like, you know how crazy that would be? Yeah, like, no, one of I the agree. best things you can see in football. It'd be absolutely nuts. Like, you would not believe what you just saw with your own eyes. So, I kind of want to see that happen. I know it probably won't happen, but I would have liked to see Tom, Tom get one of those type of farewell, uh, thank you, Toms from the NFL in every away game. And stuff like that, you know. But yeah, I, I would even say like it'd be great in Indianapolis because all the battles between him and the co- uh, the Colts versus the yeah. Patriots. No, I agree with you. I definitely now that you said brought that to my attention, I'm hoping that he comes back for one more year. It'll be literally yeah. like Jordan dot the last dance before mm-hmm. the GM's out to let him go. We love. This and look, they could very well win the championship. I mean, it, yeah, they just they just plug and play and fill, and they can keep and they and they can find a way to keep Todd Bowles for one extra year. Then yeah, <laughs> I mean, if Byron Leftwich, then yeah, that's what I was about to I say. Mean, it looks like Byron Leftwich might be getting a head coaching position, but yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I'm hoping he still takes one last dance. But y'all, that is all we have for y'all. I'm trying to make this because this episode could very easily go an hour. Trying to make it 30 minutes. We're a little yeah. late, y'all. Y'all know I usually post on Mondays. Life got in the way. We get it out here today. Like I said, <laughs> we're planning on probably doing a preview episode, but that is probably not going to happen because Thurman has literally said everything needs to be said. So I will probably see you <laughs> in two weeks, heading into um, probably after the Super Bowl to kind of wrap it up. That is all we have for y'all in this episode. Appreciate you, Sterling. Till next yeah. time, to the people. Yes. Yeah. Tanner talk for and that shit mean a lot to me. You know, this shit don't feel as good as it look. I'ma keep it real with you. I'm straight, though. The street shit made me what I am today, niggas. Nah, I went so hard for this shit. I deserve this shit, niggas. Ah. But you coming, nigga? This ain't my story about rags to riches, more about how I mastered physics. In a game, I used to train like Rocky, catching chickens. I was nice, but they was right when they told me that rapper business. I had 10 bands in my stash when I passed over half a million. Come easy, no good. Don't be surprised I'll last these niggas. It's like they put out a smash, then they gone in a flash, admit it.